Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of the One Love Art Sessions. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're a return listener, welcome back. I'm James LJ, designer, artist, and new homeowner. And along with my co-host Crespo, we scour the earth looking for art, artists, and innovations and ideas that we can bring to you, our listeners. Make sure you check us out on IG, One Love Art Sessions, spelled out, uh, or OneLoveArtSessions.com. Crespo, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks, man. Uh, what's up, One Love community? I'm Crespo, family man, artist, and educator in the other half of love. Thanks for joining us. If this is your first time here, Jay and I put together a virtual series called the One Love Art Sessions. Our goal is to bring talent and community together for creativity, heart-to-heart discussions, and chill vibes. Something awesome about being creative is the ability of some to invent things that push the industry forward. For this episode, we wanted to bring on one of the many game changers we're watching, Mehdi Dumi. Mehdi has spent the last 12 years designing image and video capture rigs, human interfaces, image analysis software, psychovisual experiments, and consumer perception models at L'Oreal, the largest cosmetics company in the world. Mehdi has launched and deployed software globally and presented video and image analysis research in Shanghai, Paris, Milan, Redmond, Los Angeles, and New York. Mehdi, we're throwing all the flowers at you, man, but uh, what did we forget? <laughs> Uh, I, I think I think you got I think you got most of it. I, I went to grad school at Rutgers, so hi to my Rutgers people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, if, if we start at the beginning, uh, I was born in Algeria, so I'm from North Africa. And uh, when I was uh, two, we moved to England, Northeast England, in a small town called Bradford. Kind of like a blue collarish uh, town. And my dad was a uh, was a doing his PhD in electrical engineering, which got into my head. I should do my PhD, and then uh, you know, 15 years later, we end up uh, moving to the U.S., New Jersey, and uh, I studied biomedical engineering. And you know, the, there's a big gap in my life in England. I, I was an I was an artist. I, I was. You know, when, you, when you're five or six, you're like the best artist in class. It's like a big deal. It's kind of like your personality. You're like, oh, I'm the art guy. I'm the art <laughs> guy. And then uh, when we moved, everything changed. You know, I changed my accent. I was self-conscious about that. I, uh, you know, uh, tried to fit in. So I worked on my personality. It was, you know, working on the comedy, trying to be funny, trying to connect with people. And I completely stopped drawing completely. Mm-hmm. So from age 12 to until I started grad school, I stopped. Uh, I didn't draw. I mean, just straight up didn't draw. Uh, when I started grad school, I was doing uh, biomedical engineering. So I was writing code and software to analyze images of neurons to try to measure, you know, how bushy are these neurons? How straight are these branches? How you know connected are these cells inside the brain? And uh, I got a little, uh, how do you say, uh, disillusioned, I guess. And I started drawing, doing some abstract drawings, uh, black ink only. Okay. Black ink only color scares the hell out of me. Right. <laughs> to me, color is it's emotion and it's, 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 you know, and I, and I, and I spent so much of my life studying science and what's, what's, what's correct and what's wrong. And for me, the black pen was a way to define what is an object, what is not an object. Mm. And I started developing a style in grad school that I, I called abstract science art. And it was kind of a way for me to express some of the 
I guess, tension that I felt when I was in grad school. In school, I was researching how, you know, the neurons, and I was also researching how cancer forms, but it was a lot of theoretical, hey, we think it does this, and could you write a computer model that simulates the cancer cell growing? It's a lot of modeling, and modeling in, in science is it's kind of like with COVID, right? You see all those models, you've got the, oh, we think the peak is going to be in May, we think the peak is going to be July now, we think it's... I mean, people get frustrated with models when they don't, you know, reflect reality. And I got a little frustrated because I'm like, this, what part of this is real? And what part of this is just kind of, you know, based on a few assumptions. Mm. And so I started heavily just drawing and, and uh, I used, I, I like a lot of white space in some of my drawings and that kind of represented for me this not knowing part because science is to know. So what is to not know? And that for me was, was like the, the, the white space. So I, I started developing a style and I forced myself to use the black ink because I, I also never, I never redid a drawing. I, I would start with a black pen and if I made a mistake, I'd go over it with a thicker pen. And I just, I dealt with that. And, and uh, it also helped me to finish projects, to finish art drawings. I have so many drawings that I start and never finish. And so I ended up, um, I actually connected with a teacher. I, I forget if they contacted me on, what was, I think it was Instagram. I don't know if Instagram was around then. Um, well, I, I had an idea that, okay, nobody's gonna really buy my, my art. I sold two pieces. I, sold, I had two commissions and it was in that style, that black and white style. And um, I, I realized, look, I have been doing art all my life. There's a huge gap when I wasn't doing art. There's people way more talented than me. I'm not really gonna sell anything, but, but I had an idea that, look, there, there's schools, right? I like teaching, I like teaching science, I like teaching math. And I know a lot of people struggle with math and physics, biology, you know, that, and sometimes it's like how you're taught. You know, Some people, you get the right teacher. Sometimes you don't get the right teacher. And I thought, well, damn, the only way I succeeded in math and science is because I drew everything out. I mean, I understand by drawing. So I figured, look, maybe this abstract science art that I'm doing, maybe, maybe it could trigger something in a kid to look at it. And maybe that little trigger helps them suddenly get this equation, which helps them get other equations, which helps them get other equations. So I, somebody contacted me at, or my sister connected me or something on Instagram. And I, I, what I arranged with them is, look, tell me a subject that is hard for you to teach. I believe the first one was, I think it was the cochlea. So that's the, and inside your ear, you've got the cochlea, which is this, uh, it looks like a snail shell. It's, it's un, it looks like, like that. And it's fluid filled and sound waves go through your ear. They hit like a drum and the sound waves from that drum travel through the fluid. If you were to unwrap that cochlea, it's actually like a piano. So like there are sensors along the length of the cochlea and the sensors in the end of the cochlea sense uh, low frequency sounds like bass. And the sensors, the sensing cells are called hair cells in the beginning of this coiled up thing are for high frequencies. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty easy to draw. Like you, so I, what I did is I emphasized the waves going around this cochlea. I made an abstract version an edgier version, some, something that you might not see obviously as a biological image or, you know, like a textbook drawing of a COVID, but I wanted it to be weird enough where 
it's not it's not that corny picture on the wall in your classroom. I want it to be edgy enough that if a kid is bored in class and is distracted by it, I want the teacher who I've already talked to about the drawing. I want the teacher to point out to that kid, "Hey, what are you uh, what are you looking at? Are you looking at that drawing? Do, do you know what it's about?" And I want to be I want it to be so different that they say, "No, I don't really know what it's about." You know, and then the teacher would say, "Well." This is a symbol. This is a symbol of an abstract cochlea. This is, and so that explanation, when you, you start digging into the art, you start, you turn it into a mystery. Art makes the science into a mystery. And then you unpack that for a kid. I think that exercise helps them learn and um, just get it. Because a lot of time it's about, you know, how you feed a kid the, 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 the information. And especially these days, kids are on their phones. Kids are... Kids are watching TV, there's entertainment. I mean, there's the, the amount of entertainment and art available for kids is, is so, uh, it's omnipresent. Mm. And if we can find a way to wrap up some of that education, that science or that, that, that tough stuff that is very dry, we can wrap it in there like, like, a, like a hidden message, then I think it could help with uh, you know, teaching uh, science. So that's the, that's the I think, Jay and I talked about the bloody science project. So that's where for a couple of years, I ended up creating about 15 pieces for teachers around the uh, United States uh, that were black and white pieces that were abstract forms of topics that they would teach that are generally difficult. So I did one on chromosomes. I did one on density. Uh, I did one for a, for a state park in Maryland to, to appreciate wetlands and how how water goes up in the air and then comes back down and gets filtered through the wetlands. And so that's kind of my, you know, you guys are like real pro artists, you know, so I'm kind of like out of my element <laughs> with you guys, but that, that kind of got me um, thinking more about art. And uh, well, that, that was, I guess, around the same time I was working at L'Oreal where. Um, let, me, let me just okay. cut you off real quick before you. Yeah, go ahead. Say no, 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 you're, you're giving us, you're, you're giving us a, a lot here. And, and that's definitely one thing uh, that I picked up. And um, for our listeners, we originally uh, communicated with you, started talking with you because you have a product that you actually just launched. And we'll get into that a little bit more as we proceed. Um, and you and I had coffee and we started talking and, and that's when I realized that there was this whole, like, I, I have yet to figure out something that you don't know. You're just kind of a treasure <laughs> trove of information. You're like when information and art just kind of hit each other and it's, it's super cool. And that's when we're like, you know, you know, our original goal was to have a episode centered around the product, but we just felt that there was so much more behind that product that gave it an actual story that we thought was really cool. Um, and, and the, the, uh, kind of science uh you know where where education meets art is something that we talk about a lot on on this podcast mm -hmm. so you know when i kind of unearthed that uh and we dug a little bit deeper into that we thought that was a really cool just it was it, it was kind of really on brand for us which was which was awesome um and then Great. to your point Great. where you're saying oh you guys are the pro artists um i was scrolling through some of that stuff and i, and I think what you and it kind of take me through the process of that you would have the art and then you kind of intertwined it into the name of the school. Like there was like these images where there was like art and there was like, 
I don't, they look like cool posters and I wanted to print all of yeah, them out yeah. and so, like, yeah, I, I wanted yeah. to print all of them out yeah. and put them on my wall. They were just really cool. <laughs> wow, abstract. Thank you. That's very and nice. if anyone is listening, I would definitely um, look it up. Cause it's like really cool. Like it's Dang, like, wow. I was looking thank at it and I was like, man. I wish I could do something like that. Come um, on, come on. No, no, definitely. It, it, it was an interesting thing to look at. Um, uh, so. If I could throw my two cents in here, um, Jay, and I'll give, I'll give it back to you in a moment. Um, so Mehdi, I'm, I'm, we haven't had a, a full discussion about, uh, about what I do, but I'm, I'm an art teacher. I've been teaching for 14 years. And um, as, wow. soon as, as soon as Jay mentioned to me this project that you had, uh, I had seen the images, but I didn't know uh, it was a project in itself. And so I had an opportunity mm-hmm. to look into that. And I want to say thank you, man. Thank you for understanding that, that you know, teachers can use all the assistance they can have and by yes. using the gift that you have. Um, oh you know, you know, to help, to help us out because, because, you know, we're all, our goal is to make these global citizens that we're all raising together, you know, both as families and as educators and you providing that little bit, that, that little bit of assistance is going to go, you know, a real long way. So I thought that was incredible, man. I just want to say thank you for, for helping out those teachers. I hadn't even considered, I hadn't even considered the, uh, the power of doing that I've done signage for other teachers in their classes and that comes back as a conversation and now that I, now that I'm listening to you say like you're doing these specific images thinking about just how much of an impact that makes because if I'm doing small construction paper projects to just help out teachers inside their classroom like borders and stuff and even that's right. a spark, even that sparks discussion just because the design seeing a student seeing yes. design that's that's not just manufactured uh, in every other classroom you know it's just it just makes it makes learning cool and they need that so yeah i just want to say thank you but jay you get you go ahead again no yeah no i i I knew that we had to have that as part of this conversation um because it was just i felt like it was like you must have planted that just for us to talk about (laughs) (laughs) and i when i when i mentioned it when i mentioned it's a crespo he was like yes 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 let's i think he can have a whole we can bring you back for a whole episode just on that and he could just fanboy for an hour (laughs) <laughs> about doing that I, I, yeah I, I was invited <laughs> actually to give a talk at uh do you guys know Pichacucha the the 20 20 seconds per 20 slides it nah, was uh nah. I, I gave a presentation on it's it's where you uh you you create 20 slides like on a powerpoint and each slide can only stay on the screen for 20 seconds and it automatically moves to the next so you got to be on point you got to just go with the flow of it so so it ends up being about a six minute, 40 second presentation. But there, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm happy to discuss because as I discussed in Pachacucha, the the whole, you know, the, the, this, that's that story. And um, it, it was super fulfilling. I mean, to, first of all, teachers are so appreciative. I mean, these are people that are uh, not the, mo- the highest paid, uh, you know, citizens in, in the country. You know, teachers are, have to take care of children. We've seen that so, we've seen that very clearly during COVID. Be, parents are desperate for teachers to, to be there to take care of their kids because it's not just, it's not just information that we're throwing at them. It's life skills, it's, it's social skills, it's, uh, it's patience. It's, uh, and uh, yeah, if there's, if just having a piece of art that it, look, the, the, what, I, what I forgot to mention, to get to it, I wasn't going to sell any pieces. So where can I put my art where I can get a thousand people looking at it every day? Mm-hmm. Duh, <laughs> a school. I mean, <laughs> come on. That, 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 to me, that's kind of like where I was like, okay, I'm not going to make money, but where can I at least impact something? Sure. 
you know, and, mm. and uh, at some schools, they're in the hallway. So I have some in the hallway and they are, you mentioned poster size. They, I usually, I draw them, they're usually eight by 11 or 11 by 14. And then I, and then I enlarge them. So I, I do some like high res, like scans of them, like stitch them together and then blow them up. Sometimes I've added color, but it's, it's usually keeping it edgy, keeping it, keeping it mysterious and, you know, trying to, I mean, there's so many walls in the school that are empty and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes they're, 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 they're granted they're, they're full of like the, the, the teacher, not what do you call it? The school projects or something, yeah, which, which is work. great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's just an alternative to, uh, let's, let's say the corny uh, children's book yeah. drawings of mm-hmm. science that you see in the wall. And that's another thing. I'm, I, I'm trained in science. Do you know what show pisses me off more than anything? The Big Bang Theory. Because you got these like nerdy scientists who are compl- just, they got no social skills. Yeah, I like, was dude, terrified. I thought you were going to say the magic, magic school bus. And I was like, don't let him do it. <laughs> I was like, she didn't do anything wrong to him. She didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's also oh. a way of like me like sharing that you know um i've always wanted i mean i when i my older website was about my big thing was like telling people there's no difference between art and science man we we, we we've put this like imaginary line between it and i mean sometimes i i think about it all the time is this art or is this science is this art or is this science mm. and I, I came up with one some kind of theory which is if i draw a painting if i make paint a painting and i just show it to you and i put it on the wall like that to me that's art but if i showed you how i made that painting with the steps that i used the process to me that's science to Mm. me that that's the only difference it's that little bit of because because what what we do with scientific papers you write a paper and you publish so that somebody else can duplicate your study and make sure that you're get, they're getting the right results. So mm-hmm. that, that mm. to me is like the, is like the only difference. Do you want to duplicate it? Do you want somebody to replicate your stuff? Well, then you create a scientific protocol. Otherwise it's unique. It's, it's coming out of you. It's expression. That's, that's completely unique to you. To me, that's art. Mm. And so I kind of live with that kind of idea. And that's why I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very blessed and very lucky to be able to talk to you guys um, because you guys are, are, are artists. And unfortunately, it's, it's hard for me sometimes to find artists to talk to. And they end up being, you know, some of my best friends in, in, the, in the improv scene that I used to be in and the theater scene I, I've done a couple of times. It's, uh, it's important that, that we mix. It really is. It's important <laughs> because there's a lot of stuff we can learn from each other. Did you just say theater? Yeah. Yeah, what this the, guy. Yeah, what the fuck? Uh, I didn't add that. To, it's, didn't it's, add. There's a lot. When when I had coffee with him, I felt like there was chapters, and and there was another <laughs> chapter and another chapter. And on, so, but no. before we continue, though, oh, one shit. of the most one of the most interesting chapters to me, um, <laughs> because he he mentioned it a few times, and then he actually explained it to me, and I still don't fully get it. Um, so you work at L'Oreal. Tell us in the simplest term. Now you don't even have to be simple. Just tell us what you do there. Okay. Uh, okay. Yes. <laughs> so, in the beginning, so I, uh, I actually left my PhD program. I dropped out. I was very unhappy. I was drawing. Drawing was cool. Uh, but I needed to do things that was tangible that I could touch things. 
when you program like 10 hours a day, you lose, you, you lose your mind, man. You lose connection with reality. You're not, you're on the computer. A magnet can destroy three years of work if it's close to your computer, you know, it's, and uh, for four years, I, I made shampoos. So all the stuff you put in your hair, your beard, whatever, I, I used to mix that, you know? So we used to make that conditioners, shampoos, hairsprays, uh, spritzes, serums, hair masks. Uh, and that was cool for a bit. And then I moved from, so, it, you know, when you're a cosmetics company, you want to make products that are great for the hair or great, you know, great lipstick that lasts six hours or a, a, a skin moisturizer that reduces wrinkles. So you want, you want to make those things, but how do I know that they're doing what they're doing? How do I know that the mascara I'm putting on my lashes is volumizing my lashes by 200%? Like where do these numbers come from? Where does uh, 10 times smoother come from? Where does four hours of lipstick wear come from? Well, it comes from my lab. It comes from a test that I design with my team uh, where we design a protocol, we set up, we design uh, instruments. So I, for example, um, either use industrial cameras, um, like machine vision cameras. These are like cameras that you'd see on a, like on a robot, like a, like a Boston Dynamics robot. They're like these weird cubes. It looks like a Polaroid cube or a GoPro, okay. mm -hmm. but, it's, but it's meant for live. It's not like just take a picture. And then sometimes I work with DSLR cameras uh, and sometimes smartphones. So I'm using the iPhone 11 or eight or whatever, or Samsung. And I'm using those cameras uh, to capture, let's say a woman's face while she's wearing the mascara. And what I do is I take the picture before and after she applies mascara and I can, and then I write the software or we write the software that analyzes pixel by pixel and uses some segmentation algorithms to calculate exactly, hey, uh, that mascara on that woman that volumized her lashes by 182.3%, right? So you, and so it's, it's studies like that that are objective studies. So it's, it's an objective evaluation. It's not like uh, nine out of 10 dentists say it's whitening. You know? It's actually, I got my camera on your teeth I'm color calibrating to make sure I get the most precise uh, color values. And I'm calculating what is it before and after makeup or does she still have lipstick on after eight hours? And you know, a company like as big as L'Oreal, they, they're trying to produce the best products out there and they, they want them to be provable. It's very easy to just make a lipstick and say, hey, this will, lipstick will change your life and can last for 11, uh, 1100 hours, you know, people can do that. But when you're a big company, you need to legitimize everything. It's got to be by the book. It's because people are out there, you know, they're going to want to sue you if you're not getting the right you know, numbers out there. Mm. So I, you know, it's, uh, that's, I think summarizes mostly what I do. It, it's a lot of software writing. Um, like you mentioned before, camera rigging, a lot of lighting, like uh, what's the best way to light the face so I can maximize the shine. If I'm trying to compare one foundation versus another, I want to hit that face with some sharp lights, maybe some honeycomb filters over the, the lights and then see what it looks like before and after makeup or after four hours. So it's, it's, it's very niche. It's super niche. Um, and it's very specific to, to this industry. 
the closest maybe you can find is maybe like uh, Pampers or di- you know diaper commercials. Like you know when they do those, they pour the water oh, yeah. over the um, and it swells. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you know we know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we both have kids. Yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah exactly. you know we know. <laughs> So, so you want to make sure you're getting the best one of those. And I, I guarantee you that the, the, the labs at, I don't know what company makes diapers, but they did some tests where they measure exactly how much water they put in there. They measure the weight of the diaper and they do it 10 times to make sure they have a statistically significant number of, yeah. So, so in my lab, I have, um, you know, models that uh, volunteers that come in, they get makeup applied or, and then we, uh, you know, we test them with cameras, uh, sensors to measure like sweat sensors to measure uh, moisture wow. in your skin um camera camera imaging to measure the amount of nail polish left in a, in a woman's uh, um you know nails and um yeah it's it's yeah sorry it, if it's not a it, short answer, is it uh it's is it is it science or is it art ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so that's that's a great question so because we work in a, because I work in a, a, a cosmetics company, a lot of the advertising is is quite artistic. You know, a lot of the messaging is quite artistic. We, you know, obviously there are brands that are trying to differentiate themselves from other brands. Maybelline yeah. is like young and sexy. Lancome is like, you know, um, like sophisticated and beautiful. Like it's there, there, there's that element uh, in it. What I'm doing is I'm trying to put as much science as possible within a very artistic company. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's important because you don't want to have BS claims. You don't, you don't want to, you don't want to lie to a consumer, you know? Um, but it's a super unique industry because the, the part that I like, and it's also the hardest thing possible to, to do is to quantify how a person sees themselves or sees a color for example, like if do you, do you guys can you guys tell if my face is glowing? Can you tell? <laughs> not hit, not on this. You look. How about Cresswell's right face? Now. Can we? Oh, you look pretty bad. Thank you. How about <laughs> Cresswell? Can we? Is he glowing? James, do you think is, is, is it, he, he has glowing? a bit of a he has a bit of a glow? Is it? Oh, he has a, I've been you dealing with a, I've been dealing with a toddler glow. <laughs> interesting, because sometimes he looks radiant. What do you think about radiant? Oh, geez, radiant. thank you. Wow, there you go. That Very might be okay, a so, compliment so, today. <laughs> So, so, so words like that, that are, they're in the language, radiant, glow, shiny, mm-hmm. matte, glossy, dewy. Um, I mean, there's going to be a new word next year that's going to pop up on TikTok or sure. Instagram. That's going to be trendy. So the challenge is, what is it? What does that mm-hmm. mean to a mm-hmm. computer? What does that mean to my cameras? What does that mean to the software? So my biggest challenge is the marketing team or the, the person making the, the product, they say, Mehdi, we need you to evaluate glow. Does my, does my product give more glow than another product? And I have to ask, well, what's glow to you? And so then you start digging into, you know, psycho um, visual like testing. Then, you're, then you start thinking, okay, well, I now need to know what women think glow is. So how mm-hmm. about we do a, we show like a hundred women, like, a thousand images and figure out which one of these are glow. And now I got the problem is, okay, what is it about the image that's glow? So now you need the image analysis hmm. to figure out the glow images and the non-glow images. So this is where you start getting to AI and this is what Google yeah, yeah, and yeah. Amazon has been doing for years. Um, and you know, that, that's an example. It's not exactly yeah. what we do, but that's an example of the sort of the philosophy of 
um, understanding what a consumer look is looking for and, and, and getting a computer, getting my phone that, and talking to a, getting the computer to know that perception. And I'm telling you, that's the, that's why I love my job. And it's also why my job is very frustrating because. So, so I get the, yeah. I get the, I get the marketing aspect of it. And I think that's very industry definition of art. I think what I was looking at is more of what you're actually doing is your art. Like you're talking about putting honeycomb filters and hitting the light on the face. Right. And that's, that's art. Like a lot of the, a lot of the things that you're doing, that's, I mean, there's photography jargon and um, there's, right. you know, when, when you're talking about the, the glow um, that's, you know, a bit of user testing that is, you know, that's different mm. facets of what is art. I mean, so what you're doing is essentially where art and science converge and, you know, where does one stop and where does one end? And I think you made that point earlier. Um, but what I, when you're talking, I get the science part of it, but what I'm hearing repeated, you know, repeatedly is, is art. Those are art terms. Those are, what you're doing is a form of art. And what, wow. at the end of the day, you know, the end product that comes from that is the artistic product. And you're one of the artists working on that, right? Wow. That's, so. that's, yeah, I didn't think about it that way. That's it, man. We figured them out. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> but the, the big brain buster, man. We figured it out. Hey, I want, uh, Medi, I want to talk a little bit about, about art as, mm, I can't even separate it from science now, but let's talk about art as if somebody's looking at your, somebody is looking at your work uh, and, and, and your visual art. Let's talk about that. All right. So you, you seem to jump mm. a lot between standard and digital art. Um, your digital tends to mix mm. elements of, of science and computation. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your computational art? Um, what I like to call video splicing and how it all relates to your non-digital work. And do you have a preference digital or, uh, you know, uh, yeah. I, wow. Is that you guys are hitting, hitting me with some deep questions, man? Uh, okay. Well, wow, that's you just like you just shifted how I saw the stuff that I do in an angle that I didn't really see it at. That's. <laughs> uh, we'll give you. Okay, we'll give so, you. A, we'll give you a second to reevaluate your whole life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess I could start with. I never respected digital art until like six months ago. Okay. I, I had a pro I, I, I love pens in England. The schools I went to, you, you were forced to write in a fountain pen. Oh, wow. And okay. you were not allowed like a gel pen or a Bic pen. You were not allowed that in school. Mm. Like you, that's, that's the level of uh, strictness my school in England. You know, I had to wear a tie and everything to go to school. So Did you go to school. You really got to where, where is this no, Bridgerton that you went to school? Bridgerton. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I was writing to the king and everything. Um, <laughs> no, but but it was but but basically, it, you know, I used to I used to rollerblade too. So you know, I don't know if you've rollerbladed, but you get a feel for what road is nice and what road is not nice. You know, mm -hmm. with paper too, I know what paper feels good to me and what paper makes me want to like, you know, mm. makes, makes me scared. It's got that texture or uh, there's certain feels, right? Digital art, I feel like there's a disconnect there. You know, okay. besides the fact that it's a file, by the way, 
we're entering this whole new realm with NFT stuff, that's changing. I mean, it's you can hate it or you can love it, but it's <laughs> it, that that that's where my complaints about digital art start to get a little a little off because you know NFT is meant to it's meant to add some sort of legitimacy to the uniqueness of a digital file, right? Right. And my, my issue with digital art in the first place is like, bro, a computer can make this. Like, mm -hmm. this is like, this is just a bunch of pixels put in a certain order that looks like an art piece. So, uh, you know, I, I used to do a lot of Photoshop when I was a kid, like photo editing. So I kind of didn't really get the digital art. It felt like it was cheating to me. Like, oh, I could just copy and paste the circle. So the, the and even the, the black ink art I did in, in grad school and early uh, you know, years ago for the bloody science, uh, science project, I purposely drew circles. If you look at the, the art, it's circles, arrows, and squares. That's, that's mostly what I did. And I did that because a computer can do that easily. But my choice to draw it by hand with ink and paper was kind of like my fuck you to the, mm. yeah, to the computers. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm drawing the circle. I'm going to make it as perfect as possible. All right. I, I know the computer can make a better circle, the most perfect circle, but I'm drawing the circle. Me, I'm drawing the square. All those sides are 98% even. Okay. I'm going to draw the arrows because all that stuff is easy to do on a computer. So, and then what happened last year is I was like, dude, just try it. Try a mini iPad, try a, try a Apple pencil. And uh, I kind of I broke out of it. And then I started realizing, oh wait, all the art I did with black ink, I can now color digitally. Mm. That fear I had about color, that commitment to emotions, I can color it digitally in a different layer that I could hide. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like I can just drop fill things. I can add textures and gradients. Like, so like Procreate has completely blown my mind. And that that's uh, that app is just unbelievable. Uh, so that's me. I'm, so I'm like a kid when it comes to this. Now I'm like just learning digital art. Okay. But the stuff I was doing with you mentioned the video stuff is like tackling. It's like kind of like approaching art from a completely different perspective. It's okay. I can write algorithms that um, I can simulate two balls hitting each other, right? To simulate physics, I can do that. All right, cool. But can I can I play around with data in a way that can create some some interesting images or, or visuals? So I'd already done video editing when I was younger. I'd done image analysis when I was younger. Okay, well, can I write my own video editor? Like you know, with, with Final Cut or Premiere, you're you're changing the pixels, your exposure, contrast, gamma, your all of that is all computational. And I had already done that with analyzing their neurons. So, okay, can I do something else? Can I make a random filter? Not a blur filter, not a Gaussian filter, but what if I change the numbers in the, uh, what's called a kernel? It's the, it's the mathematical operator that, that gets multiplied across your image that gives you a blur or gives you an edge or gives you uh, some, some attribute you're looking for. So can I just mess around with that and create something interesting? Uh, and you know, you mentioned this video, video art. One thing I got into was a thing called slit scanning. You guys heard of slit scanning? Mm -hmm. When I, I met you, when I met you yeah. <laughs> so, 
So it's it's, it's a technique. Since this did, is the first time I met you, then that means no. The answer, my answer is no. <laughs> so so it's it's a it's a technique that they used back in the day, back before they had like cameras, and you, and you want to know if you've got a conveyor belt and you've got I don't know chocolate being made a conveyor belt, you want to count the number of chocolates. Well, back in the day, they didn't have like a camera that like could measure width and length. They had just like a sensor, which is kind of like a camera that had just enough like information that it could it could count a line of pixels. So if you're imagining you got you're measuring a line of pixels and then you got a conveyor belt going underneath it, you can kind of imagine that you can kind of count things that go underneath as long as the conveyor is moving and you've got this line of pixels that's analyzing, kind of like a scanner. And from that, you can kind of create an image because one thing is moving in this direction and you're scanning in the perpendicular direction. So these days, what, what you do with slit scanning, I don't know if you guys have been on TikTok, but there's a, there's a filter where uh, people have been playing with it where there's like a line that mm. moves oh, yeah. down and it kind of freezes whatever pixels were before that. Yeah. It's kind of like a little teaser on what slit scanning is. But what I, I think Jay and I talked about it where how I've been using it. And by the way, there's a great artist on Instagram. I think his name is Francis uh, Vogel. He's a French guy. Uh, I, I got to send you guys the link, but okay. he's got done beautiful um, uh, music videos using this technique where it's a little trippy. So I hope your viewers are, you know, on the right kinds of uh, drugs. But uh, if you take a video, right? If you take a, if you imagine that a video is a stack of, a stack of, uh, yeah, post-its, where's the post? Okay, okay, this is a video. A video is a bunch of frames, right? So it's like a book, right? So you watch one frame for 1 30th of a second, then you go to the next frame, and it looks like it's moving because it's going so fast, right? So what, what, what at least the, the, the stuff that I've done and, and, I, and what I've done, it's, it's, it's programmed. I, I read in a video. So like a video then is like, a three-dimensional object where if you think of an image as like 2D, it's just colors uh, and and that's it, it's 2D, right? And then a video yes. is kind of like 3D because it's got the time, right? Yeah. So now I'm gonna ask you just in this experiment to just look at the first, if you just look at this line here, so the first column, the leftmost column of a video. So if you look at a video, just looking at the left, the left line of pixels, you just look, it, it probably looks like nothing. It's like, what is it? It's just like a blue, a little bit of blue from the sky, a little bit of green from the grass. You're just seeing a line of pixels, right? Now, what if you go to the next frame and look at the same line of pixels, but on the next image, right? So now we're looking at the first uh, line of pixels, the first column of pixels from the first frame and the first column of pixels from the second frame. So what you're doing really then is kind of like you're you're looking at the side of the book if we're if we're using the book as a metaphor for a video if you were to look at all the pages at once but only that first edge only the left edge of those books right that itself could actually create an image if you imagine there's a lot the book is thick yeah. you have a lot of a lot of frames my question for you is what would that image look like if you're just looking at the comp the the uh, the sum or the concatenation, the chain of all those first pixels. You, you, we don't really know. Like yeah. you, you don't really know. But I can program a computer to tell to actually create this. So what I do is I take a video. In a way, I kind of rotate it. 
and I look at all the first pixels of every single frame and I visualize that as an image. Okay? Yeah. Now, yeah. here's the trippy part. Now I go to the next column of pixels for each of the frames and I create a second image. So now what I'm doing on that video, I'm going from left to right and I'm picking all the columns over all time. So if I were to word it in like one line, you take a video, you rotate it in time and space and you watch it, you watch the video going through the X direction. Wow. So that creates some trippy, trippy stuff because that every frame is surreal. What every frame tells you is, here's the location in space for all time. Do you guys remember? Do you guys ever see the movie uh, Arrival with the? Uh, yes. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Like an alien. Like there's an alien like spaceship that lands. It's super mysterious, mm -hmm. and you've got those like aliens with the mm -hmm. they they project that black ink. Yep. And at the end, you know, the end of the movie. Spoiler alert! End of the movie, you realize, uh, wait they told they were communicating over time like mm -hmm. the messages she was seeing suddenly she'd wake up and she'd have a memory of those aliens communicating to her over time it's kind of like what this is where by doing the slit scanning technique by rotating a video and basically turning the time dimension now into the width of an image that's like you being able to see all of time but for 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 just a wide dimension and mm -hmm. so that's kind of like something I've been playing with. So that's using a computer to manipulate a video. It's pure just algorithm. It's, it's just conceptual. It's, it's four lines of code. And that creates something that is very trippy. And somebody might consider that art. We can you'd, argue about it. You'd probably, you, if you hooked yourself up with Sotheby's or Christie's right now, you'd probably make a billion dollars in NFTs. Just <laughs> that alone. That, <laughs> that, I mean, look at, look at what people are, are buying right now. What was it yesterday? Yeah. It was a billion dollars for one pixel? The pixel. Yeah, you're talking, you're, yeah, someone, yeah, the current like bid or something big, on yeah, a, one single bid, pixel. Yeah. One single pixel. Billion dollars. What? And you're, you're talking about a line of pixels, man. That's... It's you know it's a big enough picture. It's 1080, maybe, right? So that's 1080 pixels maybe times a billion. That's it. You're done. Medi, you're working too. You're working too hard, bro. You, I know. Too stop many pixels, complicating bro. things. Yeah. One pixel. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh man. We are. Uh, we have. We have some more questions. I want. Let's move along, right? Yeah. 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 Let's move along. Okay. I wish uh, I could have told you that much shorter, much clearly, but it's that's uh, you no, got to see it. I we, don't, I we don't want you. We don't want you to be concise, man. If there's information for us to have, we, we want that information. Then we, get, right. then we get upset. Then we say, wow, you're holding back on us, man. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, let's let's not. I'm going to say this part of it because he told me and we're not going to okay. go down a rabbit hole of it. But then you explain to me that you and I think they're behind you, right? You put frames on your wall and you projected oh, yeah. those images directly onto the frames on your wall right so you had to set yeah. up your projector uh. so that it projected exactly into frames that you hung on your wall and the only thing that i can think of is that like i can put a picture in a frame and i can not get it on my wall straight and you're projecting images directly on a frame it's <laughs> yeah it was it was well, a well, lot that might help i mean that might help you if you <laughs> 
yeah, I put them on there. And then what I did, I, I used uh, After Effects and I created a composition for each frame. Uh -huh. And in the so I nest all those compositions into a larger composition, which is the main composition. Yeah. And then within each one, I just throw in. I, you just got to line up the composition so that they line up with the. Uh, oh no, I totally understand. Frame. I understand what oh, you're yeah, doing. Yeah. It, there's a difference between you ever watch like like a YouTube video when they explain how you do something and you watch it and you so I I still don't know how you did that. Like you watch it and you see them do it and then you say <laughs> I don't. Wait, what did you just do? Like there's a yeah. I recently saw a, a video like that where there was a TikToker. It was like, this is how I do a TikTok. And I watched it for like a minute. And then I saw the final version. And it was just like, it felt like something that she would an award. And I was like, I still don't know how you did that. Like, <laughs> so I, I get it. I get what you did. I just never in a million years. Uh, <laughs> so go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, Jay, um, uh, I think that you should, I think you should ask the next question. Uh, because I am really curious at this point um, of what Medi has going on right at this very moment. Mm. Oh, yes. So so we're going to switch gears now. So like like I, I stated originally, um, when we had you on, it was because we stumbled upon you on Instagram uh, based on a product uh, yeah. that you actually recently launched, a product that I had the uh, great opportunity of testing out, which is super cool. Um, so that's Paletta. Right. Yeah. So um, so why why don't we just start off really quickly with you explaining to us what paletta is and uh how it came about great yeah so i uh so paletta basically is a physical uh, you can think of it as a case for an ipad uh but it's unlike a case where it's kind of got a thin bezel and it's got like a cover and it's that those there's cases like that all over the market and they they kind of have a leg maybe that pops out at the back and it, it's usually for protection, right? Usually most of the cases are for protection because an iPad's like a grand or from 300 to 1200, right? Yep. So it's an expensive piece of uh, property. Uh, and I bought my first iPad last, um, like I mentioned last year, because I wanted to understand digital art and draw. And it was the mini and I, you know, I thought, I was like, whoa, this is actually kind of cool. This pen thing is kind of cool. But every, you know, we've watched this. I mean, we're, we're in our 30s now, right? We've watched how devices have gotten smaller and smaller and the bezels have gotten smaller and smaller on, on, on like phones, on, on yeah. monitors, TV monitors. And in this case, what, for that, it's great. For a TV monitor, I don't need a border. Like you're just taking up space in my house, right? Give me, give me more screen space. Mm -hmm. For this, because of the... If, if you're trying to get me to draw on here, you know, I, I, and I grew up drawing in a fountain pen in England, in Bridgerton, England, <laughs> right into the King and Queen. Like, I, I'm, I'm struggling with this. So I tried a bunch of cases to hold the mini iPad, uh, ones with the pop socket at the back, ones with the strap, and it just doesn't, wasn't working out for me. I, I, wanted, I wanted to be able to draw on it like I could draw physically with a pen and paper with a 11 by 14 sketch pad. Mm -hmm. So I made, I don't know, you guys aren't doing video, but that on the wall is the, the one I made about oh. six months ago. Uh, mm -hmm. It's three sheets of plywood, this really thin plywood. I routed it out. I made this in my garage. There's like some old magnets that are you know, not as strong as the magnets now, but 
it changed everything for me. Uh, I suddenly was using my iPad more. I was using it to take notes. I, uh, I got a little part-time gig to freelance gig with somebody who, who liked my handwriting. And I was mm. using the, that, I guess you could say Paletta number zero, number one. I was using that like in all sorts of situations, I was sitting on my couch, I was in bed, I was curled up on the, you know, against my couch, standing up, I was holding it. And I was like, this is, like I'm now using this, this iPad that I thought was really cumbersome. And I, I, I stopped, like my, my iPad now lives basically in the Paletta. There's no real need for me to, you know, take it out unless I'm like maybe going traveling. But if I'm traveling, I don't wanna, if I'm like, I, it's going to be awkward for me again. To, I'm going to go back to that state where I'm, I got no place to, to rest. So after I made that, um, yeah, just, I started learning about digital art. I started getting really into it. And then I started improving it. And when I started improving it, I realized, oh, wait a second. This really, this is good. I, I know a lot of people with iPads and they complain that they, they smudge their fingers, they've dropped them, they don't know where to hold it. Uh, and then I added some really cool features which made me actually file a patent for it. Uh, and I'll show you what feature that is. Uh, so this was really important. I, I'd gone back and forth on how to connect, how to charge an iPad. You wanna have something that can easily charge an iPad. Yeah. A lot of the cases, they don't go, you know, they're, they're very close to the, the, the iPad. And so the cable kind of like sticks out of it. And if you knock the iPad, you can kind of bend the cable. So I knew I wanted some protection. With the older, the older Paletta, you know, the, the cable sat on top. I didn't like that. So I, I, I made a complete slot. So now my finger can pass completely through the Paletta and reach the uh, USB-C or the, the, the lightning uh, uh, socket. And I realized, hold up, that space fits directly into the paletta itself and into another paletta. And then I realized one day I just turned them, I just connected them together and it became a stable desk where two things came together, where two palettes came together. When that happened, I was like, I gotta, I gotta patent this. I've never seen anything like this. You're hmm. taking two devices and this is technology, right? So the one of my concerns with like devices and technology is that we're gonna get, we get sucked into our phones. It's very easy to get lost into our devices. What I like about this is that two people can hang out together while working on their devices. You know, the, your, your, your wife could be, uh, you know, doing some art or reading the news while you're, you're doing some art or you're reading the news. Two people can collaborate if they're working on, one working on Procreate, you airdrop their file into Photoshop on the other iPad. Two kids could be playing together. I mean, I, I've seen kids, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, six-year-olds playing with their iPads alone, two kids in the same room alone playing. Mm. Well, if you have this, you can, not only is it a desk, so it's kind of ergonomic for your neck, but it's, you know, it's, um, it's bringing people together. And at least that, that's the hope, that's the dream. Uh, can, and that's, I, can I interrupt that, you real yeah, quick, Maggie? Um, sure. I just, it's yeah. just that I want to tell our podcast listeners that we're going to support this, uh, this audio with images, with images so that oh, um, everything nice. that Maddie, everything that Maddie is talking about, um, you'll just be able to find the images right on our Instagram so that it can accompany and you can actually see what he's, what he's talking about when it, uh, when he's talking about the construction of the paleta. 
All right. Oh, th thanks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So, uh, so that was the trigger. For that that's what made me very serious about it. It was a personal project that I made in my garage. Um, I ended up training myself on a CNC machine. So now I can reliably reproduce the holes perfectly. I can get like a tenth of a millimeter accuracy so that I can fit the iPads perfectly. I mean, there's no, there's no real gaps. I mean, I actually purposely put a tiny gap so that, um, again, nobody can see this, but it's, it's, I purposely put a gap just so you can remove it. I mean, okay. I've made palettas that are so perfect that the, the, the iPad softly uh, falls down because of the cushion of air that's built up underneath. Mm. Um, it's, it, to me, it's changed how I interact with an iPad and I can hold it like an actual, like a painter's palette. So that's where yeah. the name comes from, Paletta palette. Uh, it's got the hole in the middle to kind of remind you that it's like a palette. Oh, cool. Um, it's also a cool tease for the Apple logo for all the, uh, you know, a a the brand buffs. Yeah. <laughs> the brand. Yeah, exactly. I want to tell everyone. Uh, and it's, it's, it's something I'm really proud of. It's, it's the first time I've ever, it's my first company. I, I, I opened up the business. I, I filed the LLC in January, January 13th. That's the birthday of Paletta. And uh, I'm working nonstop. I work at my full-time job. At night, I'm driving to the machine shop. I'm making two of those. Eventually, I'll be making four of them in the night. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of finishing. So they're all, it's all sanded to like, it's, it's super smooth. You can see that really nice, crisp, yep. uh, multi-layers uh, of the, it's called fin ply. So it's actually like, um, yeah, I it's think Jay, when you saw, I gave you like an older, like a, I, I didn't give you the, this, I think you got a feel for the smooth one. I was I was I working I was one. working on the unfinished one, but you had a smooth yeah. one there that you were able yeah. to show me. Yeah, yeah. I and I, and I can vouch that it was it was it was cool, and everything that he's saying is pretty on point. It's um, and it's one of the things that you know we spoke about in the past. I only recently uh, started working on iPads. I, it never really was a thing for me, and you know the pen aspect of it always intrigued me. But in the past, iPads just felt very cumbersome to me. Um, and, I, and I've just recently gotten into drawing on them. And using this thing was cool because you just really get to just lean on it, um, put your weight on it. It feels like using a, a note, like a, a sketch pad, which is really, really cool. Yeah. And you're, people can't see, but as I'm talking, you're kind of, um, you're showcasing the magnets on there. And I think you explained to me something about the magnets that you're using, correct? Yeah. So, so for, so one, one thing that's, that Apple has been doing is they've been putting magnets inside their iPads. So what I'm holding right now is the, the mini, which came out in 2019. That's the last mini that they made. I know they're coming out with new ones and this is the iPad, the latest iPad. So these are like the entry level uh, iPads and they, I, I provide these like really thin steel plates. You, you know, people put them in the back of their phone cases sometimes yeah. so that they can attach them in the car. And so they adhere to these um, magnets inside, but for the fancier upgraded palettas like the iPad Pros and iPad Airs, you can just buy the iPad Air and just throw it right into the Pro version of the paletta. And it's, you've got that magnetic strength in the same way that Apple has their magic keyboard. Yep. where you can like attach it it's the same exact concept uh, very cool except uh 
except mine's like half as half as expensive as a magic keyboard and <laughs> it's, it's a paletta i mean it's a it's something that you can stand that you can hold you can lock it i don't know if i i didn't mention this but it turns into a stand with any kind of writing utensil yeah right right you can do it, a portrait or a landscape that's cool so yeah that's 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 also something that i filed also in the patent Perfect. Um, like it's not the most. It's, everything about it is. It's not the most. Um, you know, it's it's it looks like a case, right? So some some somebody might see it and be like, uh, you know, that's, what, what's the big deal? But it's it's so simple. You know, it's one of these things that to me it's so simple. We just need more space. We just yeah. need to. We just need to connect back to our hands. Let's bring mm -hmm. that digital kind of like experience and and. Let's come back to that 11 by 14 sketchbook size that, that we kind of, you know, it's, it's more manageable. It's, it's easier to hold. And um, yeah, it's, it's an exciting time for me. So, so I, I didn't get to share my side of the, uh, of when, when I came across this, but I was geeking out as soon as I found it, I found the first image of the, oh. on, 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 cause I was, cause <laughs> I, I was like, uh, I've, I've been drawing on an iPad now since 2016. So, um, oh, wow. I've, I, I, I'm very passionate about it. I am, um, I am a big advocate for the idea of being mobile and, and clean um, and knowing that you can take your artwork wherever you go in the world in this, in this iPad. Um, but I've always been conscious of the, uh, where can I rest my, where can I rest my hand while I'm working, while I'm thinking, uh, if I just need a moment and I'm just trying to do a, a really quick sketch, but but I need to process, you can't do that, right? Because you gotta still hold your iPad up. You can't you can't drop that for a moment. You can't. Uh, you don't want to accidentally start drawing on your <laughs> on your drawing, uh, you know, because your palm is now sliding across the screen and you don't right. have your little black glove on. Um, yeah. So oh, as soon as I saw it, I was I, I thought uh, I reached out to Jay and I was like, look, man, I don't <laughs> I don't know. But let's just try. Let's just reach out to let's just reach out to this company and see see what's going on. And I'm so glad that, that we're able to talk about it. Uh, but but because we've been following along, um, when we first started talking, uh, Paletta was slated to be a Kickstarter product, and then yes. uh, then you launched on Etsy and you sold your first you sold your first. Congratulations! Can you take thank us you, through that you. decision? There's two now. We'll, two. There's two now. Right. Right. Two. Right. Um, oh, two. Can you take us through that decision? Or uh, hopefully, hopefully it's like seven by the time this by the time. This <laughs> you, yeah, and just so people know, like you've launched like this week, right? You just launched. So Sunday, I was my uh, yeah for just yeah. It's been through two days, three days. Yeah, <laughs> I'd research. I've been researching Kickstarter for a couple of months. I was encouraged by some of the people that work at the machine shop that you know kickstarter is a great way to it's good pr you know when you tell people that i have a kickstarter project like whoa cool you know it's usually associated with innovation and uh but kickstarter gets a range of stuff some it's, it's a lot of comic books it's a lot of uh graphic novels you know the, those are usually the lower like you know the, the they don't demand the most money and then there's like interesting stuff like um um like a jug that's cool and minimalist and has mm -hmm. like a glass hole or something. And, you know, it's, it's more of a design thing. Uh, and so I thought, okay, maybe the Paletta is a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing to, to, to market it to, to Kickstarter uh, because I could use that money to pay for the patent. So I don't know if you guys know how the 
filing a patent works, but when you file a utility patent, which is more expensive than a design patent, the design patent is just like the shape and the ornamental design. So that's it. And that that's good to have a design patent, but if you move the circle of my hole, like two centimeters to the right, somebody could sell oh, that. Like oh, it's, wow. It's, so that's a design patent. It's You have to copy exactly the shape of it. Uh, Apple has a design patent on where the location of the home button is. <laughs> okay. You can't put a home button in the same spot that the Apple put their home button, right? Yeah. Like on their phone. So utility patent is is to to tell to protect yourself from the actual function of the paletta. So like I mentioned, the fact that they can lock together, I wanted to protect that. Okay. okay. I want to protect that. The exact shape of it, anybody can copy it and make a small adjustment, and they they don't break. They don't. Yeah. You know, conflict with me. So. But that's why utility patents to file that it's it, you're talking like 10k, 15,000, mm -hmm. right? 15,000. Um, in order to, and that's that's to file the, the 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 final patent. What you can do also is you can do a provisional patent where you can basically file an application that you can tell the patent office, hey, listen, I had this idea last Friday. I don't have the money to pay the ten thousand dollars now, but I have. $2,000 to just file it so that in one year, basically you have one year since that last Friday to file, to basically give them the $10,000. Oh. So I have right now one year to file the actual patent and get protection. Okay. Because what, what's going to happen within this one year, they're going to say, oh, when did you have this idea? Oh, I had this idea seven months ago when I paid $2,000 and filed the provisional. Mm -hmm. They say, oh, okay. So then we're going to mark it down as you had that idea seven months ago. So that's okay. how like, so I, had, I learned a lot about patent law. And yeah. I talked to a lot of lawyers and understanding. So bottom line is I needed money, right? That's, that's where the Kickstarter came in. It seems like a good PR thing. But I, I was talking to uh, a mentor of mine. He's, uh, his name is Dean. He's, he's actually one of my, one of my neighbors. He used to be a CEO of a, a map making company. We don't, we don't make maps anymore. So, right. uh, so he used to be CEO of that company and he kind of advised me, look, man, you, you have a full-time job. Um, you, you like designing. You don't want to be in, put in a position where suddenly uh, you, you can't control how many people are going to fund the Kickstarter because mm -hmm. you might get $10,000 uh, on the Kickstarter, which means you've sold about a hundred palettas yeah. or you can get 20,000, which means you have to deliver 200 palettas. You don't want to be in that position where now suddenly, uh-oh, you've got to make like a hundred, like just in, in, in one sort of instance. And his experience, like I, I trust him and, he, you know, he's uh, you know, somebody uh, that is looking out for my best interests and he knows. Right. You can say I, I like a lot of different projects. I like right. to experiment. So sitting down or, or, or being stuck in a shop, sanding over and over again <laughs> and, and without making and, and waiting until I think May I was supposed to launch waiting until May to start making start bringing money and then I'll find out if somebody wants to um, you know it, that, that it's a popular product it, it ended up being just uh, a decision where look I filed the patent already or the provisional patent so I'm protected there from anyone copying my functionality just I'm not going to lose anything with a Kickstarter, what the Kickstarter is better used for would be next year 
Yeah, figured. When I need to get $30,000 to pay a manufacturing facility yeah. to pump out a thousand or 300 or, or, cause that's, that's going to be, it's not going to be sustainable if right. I, if I launch it now. So, it, so it ended up being a really great decision and I'm kind of grateful that I had that. I had the intention of doing Kickstarter because sure. it got me in social media quickly. Right. I was just, just, you know, trying to promote, trying to share the message of the Paletta in order to, to, to create a buzz for the Kickstarter. Now they're not doing a Kickstarter. Now all that energy and momentum, now that's getting channeled towards the Etsy shop, which I just okay. opened three days ago. And I think that now I'm in this other community of, of, of arts and artisans who are creating, you know, really unique pieces on, on Etsy. And honestly, I feel more comfortable in that with that energy, with that Etsy energy, because you, you got some really creative people doing stuff there. Yeah. And this is something that I put a lot of time and care into. I mean, it's, it's, I put a lot of care into the design. I've refined it. It's finished beautifully. And, and it's, it's all done by hand. I don't have any right. making this. I have the CNC to cut out like the exact measurements for certain parts, but all those parts have to be finished by hand with a router, with, with many types of uh, coats of sanding paper and, and Danish oil. And it just, the, the vibe about it feels more wholesome. When somebody orders something from Etsy and it's also got a personal engraving, I'm, I'm more willing to make that yeah. than, dude, you got a hundred things to make. Cause that, that, that's, that sounds like a job, dude. Now I'm back to working, uh, you know, like a, you know, the back of a, back of a restaurant kind of deal. Like that, it, it, so it ends up being, ended up being, I think it's better for my sanity. Okay. that I hold off the Kickstarter until I really need, you know, 50 K or, or whatever yeah. amount of money it takes to mass produce it. So, so for season, for season two of the Paletta. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. um, what has been your reception so far? Like, what are you getting from social media? What are, what are people writing to you? Uh, yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. Uh, somebody two months ago. Uh, so I, I started the, uh, no, less than, I start. it's only been a month and a half. Uh, I know it's a small number for you guys, but I, I have 150 followers already in a month and a half, which to me is, is huge for, for the amount of time I can spend on social media. Right. Uh, I had within the first week, I got an email from somebody because I got my email on, on the website that said, hey, do you have a mailing list? I'd like to know when this is available. This is a mm -hmm. tattoo artist in, in, in Connecticut. And... I have never wanted to be in a mailing list. And this person is asking me to yeah. be, to, for her to be in a mailing list. Right. I was like, what? Do they, do people do mail? Like, like I, I, that blew my mind. So that was a big, big sign. I, I have about four messages from people for uh, a guy from India who said, when is this going to be available? When can I buy it? He's messaged me on my personal account. He's messaged me on my Paletta <laughs> account. Uh, he's very, very uh, insistent, this guy. But um, yeah, j just messages on Instagram. Hey, this is awesome. When is it going to be ready? Right. Uh, I have a lot of requests for the iPad 12.9 inch, which I think uh, Jay has. Yeah, that's where um, we would come so in, right? Yeah. 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 So, 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 uh, and I think a lot of you pr professionals have that model. So I'm, I'm working right now a design that is not too big, but that can still give you the benefit of the, of the wrist support. Okay. One of the things I like about the Paletta, it's got that nice 11 by 14 shape. 
That's nice. And for the mini, it's a nine by 12. Yeah, it's nice. You know, it's got that yeah. sketchbook feel. It's the same size as a MacBook Pro 15 inch. You know, it slides into a laptop bag. So I'm trying to, so there's a balance between size and, and, and uh, you know, uh, practicality. <laughs> yeah, to yeah what's the case do for a 12.9? Like do, do you have a case. mailing list? So I know when that comes out. I want to be on my mailing list. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I really don't know if I'm going to do the mailing list. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm already kind of stretched pretty thin. Uh, I haven't worked out in like four months. I'm, I'm, my belly's growing. I'm, I'm, my back is hurting. So, so I gotta, I, I need to like do some yeah. self-care stuff and some physical activity. Otherwise I'm, I'm not going to make it this year, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but the, 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 I mean, it's just been, it's been amazing to, because, you know, it, it's something that worked for me, you know, it's something that worked for me and I've put in a lot of money. I, I have to drive two and a half hours to buy the wood, by the way, that wood is only, it's imported from Finland and the only distributors in Long Island or Chicago or LA. So, I mean, I'm lucky that it's only two and a half hours away. So I'm doing the effort of putting these things on my, on my small car, my golf station like sport wagon carrying this super expensive finish wood uh back to the to the machine shop or back to my house and i mean i wouldn't be doing this unless i don't like wasting my time you know i, I got too many things going on with, with work and the the it, it's helped so much to have these messages on instagram people saying uh even even for the sizes i don't have it's like the do you have this version? Oh, no, not yet. I'm still working on it. Um, I had one artist who said that she showed the, she showed this to all her artist friends. I mean, I, I can't be happier than seeing a message yeah. like that. So yeah. uh, I'm not, I'm not the biggest optimist in the world. And the fact that I'm smiling generally every day when it comes to this project is a huge, huge accomplishment. Like thing, things really feel like they're moving and, and it's getting the, the attention and, of course, talk. I mean, Jay and you, Crespo. I mean, you guys are making completely my day. I've been looking forward to this conversation for, for weeks. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that you guys see the potential of this and yeah. see see that it, it's actually a, an interesting tool. Um, yeah, it, it, it's like your baby. It's my baby. I don't have a baby. You guys have babies. This is my baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. I mean, it's a cool product, and uh, it, it was cool to have the opportunity to, to test it out. Um, and it, it definitely, you know, even before, uh, being able to talk to you and testing it out, we definitely knew it was something that we wanted to pass along to everyone that listens to the show. Um, cause obviously we have a lot of artists, um, we even have, I mean, we have a lot of artists, we have a lot of educators, we have a lot of art educators, <laughs> you know, we have yeah. just people in so many different disciplines. And I think this lends itself, uh, for people on the go. Um, and I think, as we start to emerge from these uh, caves that we've been living in for the past <laughs> year, um, this is, you know, okay, what kind of things do I want to buy now that I'm out and about and I'm vaccinated? Mm. <laughs> it's like, this, this is the right. thing, right? Um, I don't think everyone's going to be jumping back on the subway, but whatever mode of transportation they're on, you can sit in the back of a car and, and use this pretty, pretty easily. Uh, so, no, definitely. That, you know, that, thank you, man. Thank you. 
when when you were mentioning the socialization aspect of, of of that patent that you have going on where where the where the two paletas can interlock you know I, i'm thinking right. about like when uh when nintendo switch was doing their advertising um and they yes. did, they did that scene where uh everybody was playing a game of pickup basketball they stopped to just get on a picnic table and they set up a couple they set up the switches right there next to each other that and and being a teacher this made me think like well how cool would it be to have a few of them interlocked where students are sitting next to each other um and that that would be that yeah. the scene the thought of that would be so neat because you know it's a it's a very intimate experience and, and one of the things about being in the art classes is teaching kids about um about art critiques and how is how cool is it if you just get to just stand up and look over some you know over at somebody's somebody's screen that's sitting you know but you know but inches away from you and you can you can interact like that and as a parent too, uh, you can, the parent can be working on their iPad, emails or whatever. And if you want your kid to be playing next to you or you want to supervise your child, the child can be playing with it too. I mean, I've, my, my friend has a three-year-old kid. He sees the bright light of the iPad. I mean, it's like moth to a flame, sure. right? So if you can't separate these devices from the kids, at least bring them closer to you. So you're still yeah. creating that bond between parent and child. And like you're mentioning with the students, I mean, the you can link these forever. I mean, right. I, I, you can you can have a bunch of kids. If you've got three kids and they need to stay in the same spot instead of running around everywhere or just not enough <laughs> space anywhere, you've got three palettas that link together. And the, the here's here's a little art part. The, the I love the symbol of this. I don't know if you can see the shape, but it creates a chain link. Oh yeah. Check that out. Mm -hmm. So that's, <laughs> that's like cool. a nice metaphor. That's why I call it Paletta Link. That kind of feature okay. it creates a metaphor that we're, you know, we're 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 connected. You know, we're we're connected. We're we're uh, parts of a links in a chain, okay. and um, you know, especially for schools. You, you were talking about schools in the, in the what I've also you know sort of patented is like also what I'm trying to do with the magnets. I'm I want to make an educational version of this that's okay. um that's geared for schools okay. and one of the features that i've implemented is and i have an, uh, another prototype but where there are magnets inside like in the corners okay which can help with so some people what they do they they put paper on top of their ipad and they use it to trace okay yeah mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you've seen that sometimes they they tape they use tape or something mm -hmm. but if you have like a magnet at the top here you don't have to use tape you can use a, a just like metal or something to hold it down but even better than that is if they have magnets in all four corners, the palettas can actually stack together to create a super stable, uh, you know, as a teacher, part of the big problem of teaching, you got to clean up. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, storage. all the kids are playing. Yep. Storage. So if they're all magnetically attached to each other, they can be stored like this, like that. And they yeah, can be cool. stacked high without falling because, you know, you don't want to deal with like a bunch of broken iPads. And what's nice is that since they're all, you know, connected here, they can easily charge. You can, so you can have like a stack of 20 of these and they can all, you can see the cable just running down the center. Mm -hmm. So wow. I, I'm really excited to work with, I hope maybe you and I could come up with some kind of way to uh, like a design even for the Paletta that's more geared for students and less so for, for professionals. Yeah, I'm here so, for it. Uh, nice. nice. That'd be cool. That would be cool. All right. Um, we Jay, you to last segment i'm gonna let you handle yeah. last segment because you you put these together yeah um, okay 
So I'll, I'll intro it and then you can kind of go into sure. it. So, so Mehdi, um, we always kind of end the show with the same segment. Um, so it's something that we, all our guests have to go through it. It's, uh, it's painful and fun. <laughs> uh, it's something that we call copy collab erase. Uh, so what it is, is we're going to give you three individuals and you're going to choose which one of them you would copy, whether their artistic style, their life, anything about them. Uh, someone that you would love to collab with, uh, you know, mm. you'd love to do a project with them. And then someone has to go. So the three names, someone, someone gets next. Uh, so Crespo. Yeah. All right. So um, uh, one of these is going to be very obvious and the other two, I, I, I'll, uh, I'll explain a little bit and then you can make the decision between who you would copy, who you would collaborate with and who you would erase. And copy um, so, is in like, I want to adopt their. You can choose. Like, I you can, them. you can, it's, it's your decision. You'd be like, Hey, I want to copy their entire life. Like I wish <laughs> I was that person. Or it could be like, hey, they have this set of accomplishments that I love. I would love to copy that. I, lo I would Ooh, love to have that be part of my life. This is great. So it's I really up it. to it's really up to good. you to to very good to take the question and make it your own. So mm. for so for obvious reasons, the first person that we selected was Steve Jobs. <laughs> All right, for obvious reasons. The next is Lonnie Johnson, a man who's credited for uh, for inventing the super soaker and a Nerf gun. And then Roberto Landel de Mora, which is credited for creating the mobile phone. So, uh, so you have Steve Jobs, Lonnie Johnson, and Roberto Landel de Mora, and uh, and the products again are just um, uh, you know Steve Jobs with the with Jobs, Apple, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Lonnie Johnson with the Super Soaker Nerf gun, and then mm. um, de Mora for the mobile phone. I do not want to collaborate with Steve Jobs. I know that for sure. Okay. Um, seems too difficult. Oh gosh, this is tough. <laughs> this is tough. I, I I like the super soaker and Nerf thing, but it just doesn't. It's not that. I I I have like. A couple of super soakers, you know. It's uh, I have the one with the backpack and the you know fill oh, up the, the tanks in the back. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, is that the two hundred? Is that the two hundred? Yeah. I think right. I think that was. It, it, I think that was an. I got it. We we got it in England, man. So like our two hundred is different than your two hundred, all right? So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's a two hundred is like yeah, it's, it's like metric. <laughs> it's metric. Yeah, it's metric. <laughs> <laughs> um. Ooh. Oh man, mobile phone, damn. I have damn. to do a little bit more research on the mobile phone one. Um, Cause I, I wanna know in, in, what, in what, uh you know, in what context did he develop it? Was he just disconnected right. from the board? And, but, but he's credited for being uh, the inventor of the mobile phone. Yeah, right. That's, 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 uh, yeah. So it ends up, so that, that's a great, that's a, thanks for saying that because Steve Jobs did not invent the mobile right. phone, right? What he did, mm -hmm. he, he improved on the mobile phone. He, he turned the mobile phone into a computer, basically, and into, into a consumer-friendly computer, which is right. the, 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 the big deal. Um, 
and then the Nerf gun and Super Soaker. I mean, I, that makes me think of like fun childhood days. I don't even know if that's that even if we even do that anymore. Is the Nerf gun too dangerous these days? I mean, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to be honestly. I, I wouldn't want my uh, my son in my white neighborhood to be walking around with a with a, with a Nerf gun. You know, that's not something I'm gonna I'm gonna run into. I'm gonna be like, you better keep that shit in the backyard. Uh, okay, um, this is what I'll do. I'm gonna erase. I'm gonna erase the. Uh, I'm gonna copy Steve Jobs. Okay. And uh, hopefully, be less of an asshole. <laughs> I'm going to uh, collaborate with the Nerf gun um, super soaker thing because kids needs things to play with other than these stupid devices. And I think also, uh, I think also, and I think it's interesting that you, you chose that person because I feel like there's, there's overlap there, right? Cause this individual looked at things that existed and said, we could do this better. Like, right. right exactly. You know, he didn't he didn't invent the water gun or you know the play gun but he said that there's funner ways to do this and he looked at yeah. the industry and said let's let's do this different let's let's rethink this the, okay if continue. you look at the Sorry. words <laughs> yeah if you look at the word super soaker i mean who would name it like what before <laughs> super soaker existed what what do we talk that's the weirdest <laughs> super soaker 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 it's it's so know, not so, nerf so, uh, not nerf super soaker is the oh one yeah nerf, going after. Too. nerf too i wasn't <laughs> yeah nerf too it's it's like they made these words and i mean that deserves like a lot of credit that's some creativity that's uh you know nerf is a single syllable it's four letters long it's it the the sound nerf feels like the foam balls or whatever that they are it it, yeah. it, 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 it it's connected to it i like that i like the tactility of the the, the word and I'm, I'm sorry but i'm gonna have to erase the uh the mobile phone mobile guy just because yeah just because um you know uh we, we we end up we don't end up living with the inventors we end up living with the with the products of the, the people who improved on the uh the inventions yeah yeah and uh that that's what we're living with this is not the first time somebody has like made a a, a big board or like a, a case but it's it's a combination of like lots of things that go well and try to remove the things that go badly so that's yeah. and it's got a name that i hope is cute paletta so um, I think it is. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> That's a tough question. I like that. That's a good one. Um, That's a good Maddie, one. Maddie, thank you, brother. Uh, thank you for setting aside the time. We know your schedule is crazy right now, but um, yeah. we're hoping that by having a conversation with us, we help you get this product pushed along. Um, we look forward to be continue being a part of the experience. I feel like at this point, it's an experience for us um, being able to watch mm. your progress um, and yeah jay uh no yeah this has been this has been fun i think um this has been a more thorough beginning to end not end but beginning to show process than we've had kind of in the past um because there was like a product involved and um and, and getting to know you a lot of times uh we bring on guests that we either one of us kind of had had a history with and i think uh getting to know you learning about your history and really digging deeper has uh, been super interesting. And we hope that our listeners feel the same way. Uh, before we do go, uh, why don't you 
hit us with a little bit more of promo like how do people find you on instagram websites like what where do you want people to go to find out more to buy etc etc great thank you uh at paletta life paletta is spelt like palettes but without you replace the e with an a p-a-l-e-t-t-a life that's on instagram uh, and the Etsy link for the store is right there. And I'm there to answer any questions. I'm usually posting. I got to get other people other than me playing with this thing. Um, so uh, just uh, message me there. And uh, I'm trying to, I just <laughs> spent 10 hours putting, posting a, a, what I hope is a funny video on my uh, personal account. And I'm, you know, just trying to uh, keep it light, keep it fun, and just show people that this, um, just makes tablets better. So is that uh, is that the one again. that I have a cameo on? I, I ah. peeped myself in one of those videos. <laughs> I had to yes. I had to slow it down. Yes, I was there for a minute. I was I was I did some some yeah. uh what is it a uh, some video splicing, splicing. Yeah. video splicing of my yeah. own and I yeah. found myself I found the one pixel that I was in. That's right, the billion dollar <laughs> pixel, man. That's, yes. that's the, the priciest frame. Yeah. <laughs> um oh no but but definitely uh it's been an honor uh and i i repeat what what crespo said and we look forward to uh continuing to watch the progress and thank you a lot for thank being you. with us no today. thank you guys i appreciate it thanks for having me one love art sessions couldn't have been complete without the wonderful guests and even more so our wonderful community and you our listeners. We'd truly appreciate it if you took some time to rate and review the podcast. With your help, we could increase listenership and get these incredible stories and messages out to a greater audience. The music used in this podcast was created by Pound, aka Chris Lee. Thanks for listening. Subscribe. One love.